Hello, everybody. It is May 6th, and I am the Anonymous GM, and I am stepping in here this afternoon to take a quick look at a trade that just went down between the New York Yankees and the Oakland A's. Let's start by taking a look at the players involved. The New York Yankees agreed to trade designated hitter slash catcher slash first baseman slash bat at this point in time of his career, Joe Maurer. Uh, outfield prospect Jonathan Drew, catcher Richard Edwards, and pitcher Anthony Kay to the Oakland A's in exchange for pitcher Josh Johnson, first baseman Keon Barnum, outfielder Franmil Reyes, catcher Joe McAteer, and everybody's favorite, cash considerations. Before we dive into the who these players are, what the impact will, will these players will have, let's I guess start again by saying where these teams are. They're in similar positions in terms of win-loss record, but also in vastly different places within their respective divisions. For starters, the Yankees are 13-17, and 17, but just three and a half games back of a tightly grouped American League East. A division that includes maybe a couple of surprises in the Boston Red Sox and Baltimore Orioles, uh, teams that are off to terrific starts after uh, tough seasons last year. You have the Toronto Blue Jays off to a bit of a slower start than I think many expected, but still a team that I think general managers, owners, insiders across the league believe um, will be just fine come the end of September. And you have the Tampa Bay Rays, who uh, continue to be right around that 500 market team that maybe is in fact in the middle of a rebuild, but a, a rebuild that has them further along, I think, than maybe Jonathan Hines would have uh, ever expected. On, at the same time, uh, the Oakland A's obviously came into this season with high aspirations, uh, a team that wanted to compete for a playoff spot, a team that currently sits 13-19, and 19, so just same number of wins, just two more losses than the Yankees, but uh, while the Yankees are three and a half games back, Oakland finds themselves 11 games back of the American League West lead uh, currently held by the Angels. You still have Seattle up there. Houston's off to a good start. Texas always remains feisty. So while, while the, divisionally these teams have different approaches going forward, both do sit within six games of a wildcard spot here on May 6th. So obviously still lots and lots of baseball to go. So that's where the teams stand today. Let's take a deeper look at the players involved. Uh, and let, let's begin by doing that by taking a look at what the Yankees gave up. Uh, they gave up 30 year, 38-year-old Joe Maurer. Maurer was recently designated for assignment. He's owed $8.5 million for the rest of the year. He'd only played in five games this year. Uh, what's interesting is he actually split time between these two teams last year, came over to the Yankees in a trade for Ishmael Mena and Peyton Young. At this point in his career, Maurer is at best probably a pinch hitter, maybe someone who can step in and uh, designate, designate, be a designated hitter if you need uh, to give someone a day off. His days behind the plate are probably over, and he's a below-average first-base fielder at best. So again, not much there, but just $8.5 eight million owed the rest of the year. Um, so a, a contract to match some of the other pieces that we'll get to later. Jonathan Drew was the 35th pick in the 2020 ML MLB Pro Draft out of Ole Miss. He um, spent last year uh, split between rookie, rookie ball and uh, the A-plus level. 
this year he's spent his time so far at Double A, where he has been hitting 258 with a 713 OPS. Scouts consider him a player with plus power potential and above average contact potential. He does have a propensity to swing and miss a lot, but he but he seems like a future big leader. A, a a bat that in the future, what three four years from now, we could see playing maybe alongside the likes of Greg Faustini and Dylan Carlson. Uh, he'll still potentially have to deal with Byron Buxton, who's still there, Lucas Edgar, who's still there. They recently brought over Henry Powell uh, via Miami via waivers, but Jonathan Drew in a nice piece uh, there. The 23-year-old catcher, Richard Edwards, who came over to the Yankees in a trade with the Cardinals as part of uh, the Christian Yelich and Esteban Hernandez blockbuster from not long ago. Uh, Someone that has gotten off to a terrific big league start. 20 for his first 43 in the bigs, four homers, half as many walks to strikeouts, so six walks, 12 strikeouts. Um, Defensively, he's average at best behind the plate in probably a perfect world. But when you look at that bat, it's a bat potential that can be as good as any young catcher soon to be coming up to the big leagues. The final piece leaving New York and heading to Oakland is 26-year-old or 26-year-old pitcher rather, Anthony Kay. Kay was acquired in the Rule 5 draft from the Cubs this past offseason. He's put together a season so far with a 3.68 ERA in 22 innings pitched, 7.9 strikeouts per nine. And what I find interesting, he had pitched in more bullpen innings than any other Yankee reliever. So a Yankee team that isn't quite known for their pitching is now giving up, or trading away rather, a young pitcher who is eating a lot of innings and eating those innings effectively. It'll be an interesting uh, approach to see how they go about replacing those innings of Anthony Kay. What did Oakland give up? Uh, let's start with, they gave up the contract to Josh Johnson. The Yan- Yankees take on what remains of the $4.7 million owed this year. Two vesting options after this year, requiring 20 starts. It, it seems unlikely. It seems it would be unwise for the Yankees to vest that. Uh, so that's jo- Josh Johnson. The uh, Oakland also gave up a pair of big league bats. They gave up Keon Barnum, the 28-year-old first baseman who was brought over from Cleveland to Oakland in the offseason. He was very quickly demoted after a poor 35 at-bats to begin the year. He has a good track record, though. He's a career 263 hitter in the bigs who's averaged 27 homers per 162 games. A bat that uh, belongs in the bigs has proven it belongs in the bigs. That hits to New York. Fran Mill Reyes heads from Oakland to New York, a player who has previously spent time in New York. Reyes, previously a Yankee, was traded to Minnesota, who was then moved to Oakland and is now headed back to New York. He was a top 100 prospect prior to the start of the 2020 season. Contact and defense optional player, but again, light tower power. The final piece, uh, two pieces heading from Oakland to New York are uh, young catcher Joel McAteer and cash considerations. So those are the players involved. Now, now let's try to figure out why these teams made these move. Why they, excuse me, why these teams made this move and how these pieces might fit it. Let's let's start again with the Yankees. They were looking for ways to improve the roster this year to win now. The first question is, can they win now? Again. Toronto's the class of the division. 
was the class of the division coming into the year, and I, and I think if you pull the league, would still be. Baltimore is light years better than I think anyone expected. Boston is improved, and Tampa Bay is still a pain. So if you're a Yankee team that has holes in the in the pitching staff, both in the rotation and in the bullpen, is this a move that made you better? Hard to say. I think a key to this could be the play of Keon Barnum. But that raises important questions. They recently brought over Roderick Shoulders from Kansas City. He struggled. They brought in Lance Ray back on April 19th. He's only managed to play in five games since joining the Yankees. So where does Keon Barnum get at-bats? Is it at first base? And if he gets at-bats at first base, what does that mean for Shoulders and, and Lance Ray, who already can't get in the lineup? You bring Fran Mill Reyes over, okay, well, they already have a crowded outfield there. Does someone like uh, Yvonne Chavez fall out of the lineup? If you take Yvonne Chavez bat out of the lineup, well, then you, 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 you're going to see a problem defensively. We, we saw this in the outfield in Oakland where Reyes struggled defending there. Can he survive in the outfield at Yankee Stadium? And, of course, it's a team that already has a full-time designated hitter in Arianori Arai. So all these pieces need to, need to find a place in the field, not, not at DH. Again, Josh Johnson, where, where, where does he fit in? i got to think it's in the bullpen. Does he take over a long relief role, something just to eat innings and a blowout? Do they try him? Any, I mean, he just doesn't have the stuff to, to pitch late in games. Maybe a middle reliever, middle relief situations. Is he a specialist? Is he a spot starter? Do they not care if he vests money because it's only $4.5 million that they would have to take on each of the next two years? Do they do, they do what Oakland was considering doing and more or less holding him uh, ransom to both the Tigers and the White Sox as, as come and get him? You guys prevent yourself from paying even larger chunks of money to not have that vesting options vest. So Josh Johnson will be a very interesting piece to the puzzle there. And I, I think the biggest question I have for the Yankees is why did they trade Jonathan Drew? Why did they trade Jonathan Drew for this package? A team that has very few prospects. A team, a general manager with a philosophy for winning now, a, a GM with a philosophy and a belief and a track record for never being afraid to make moves, never being afraid to flip players that they recently acquired. We've seen this over and over. We see it with this trade. But a second-round pick last year in Jonathan Drew on a team with a depleted depleted farm system, and a team that, that could be up against it financially for years to come. Jonathan Drew was a very interesting piece for their future, and now they did, they got rid of him for for pieces that, that remain big questions to see how they're going to fit in with New York. As far as Oakland goes, did they give up on Key, did they give Keon Barnum any success, any shot of success? He only was given 35 at-bats in Oakland before he was demoted. It was a team that, that seemed fine to have Keon Barnum all offseason up until opening day when they decided to sign Anthony Rizzo. And again, Anthony Rizzo has been fantastic. Anthony Rizzo should have been signed by someone. There is no denying Anthony Rizzo was a good move. But again, they gave Anthony Rizzo four or five years at 31 years old. So it gives the question of was Keon Barnum ever given a, given a fair shot? And, and even if he wasn't, did they make the right decision in moving him? You have a veteran designated hitter in Juan Francisco in the final year of his contract. Had they waited another couple of months, would they have been able to move Francisco somewhere else in the American League? Maybe to someone like Baltimore, if Baltimore stayed in this thing longer? Maybe to, uh, 
I don't know, any any American League team looking for, for a designated hitter. Juan Francisco would have been an interesting piece. And had you moved Francisco, all of a sudden you have the designated hitter spot for someone like Keon Barnum moving forward. The first shoe, the first move made by an Oakland team that has been rumored to have basically the entire roster, anyone above the age of 26 on the, on the trade block. So one guy moved, what comes next? I'm fascinated by two names, two players that I'm going to be keeping my eye on here in May, June, and July. The first one is Shelby Miller. Owed $8 million the rest of 2021, $10 million in 2022. He's 1-3 and three on the year, but he's been hurt by the home run. You look at his whip, it's been in line with uh, his previous year. His strikeout rate, it's up. His walk rate, it's down. His ERA well exceeds his FIP. A pitcher at the $10 million mark next year, $8 million at, at the current date here on May 6th, moving forward. Um, a pitcher that I think they, they're going to be able to, to deal. Uh, where there might be struggles to move someone like Cranky, might there... I think there's going to be reservations, obviously, to move someone like Giolito or Bueller. I think Shelby Miller gets moved. I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see where that goes. The second one is Andres Esperanza, the 30, soon-to-be 31-year-old catcher. He's owed $6.5 million the rest of this year. He's going to be entering the final year of arbitration next year, where, as of today, some insiders believe he's going to be making anywhere between 9 and $10 million. He's got a good bat, not much of a glove. You just brought over a catcher in Richard Edwards who's similar, a good bat, not much, a glo- not much of a glove. Why would you not give Richard Edwards the full-time nod behind the plate? I, I think it's it's something that's going to be enticing for Oakland to do, and I think Andres Esparza, again, is, is someone who, at a position where, in a lot of ways, offense is overlooked, I think Esparza is someone that could could be a good addition to a team. At the same time, having just said that about offense around the league maybe not being loved, I do question this move if you're Oakland. You have tried to build an above average, a very good and elite pitching staff, uh, both in the rotation and then with some of the moves, uh, Ken Gary coming over from Cleveland trying to trying to build a, a strong bullpen. Why have they not brought over a catcher who could specialize in leading the way for those guys. You don't have that in Esperanza. You didn't have that in McAteer. And you don't have that in, in Richard Edwards. This is a team to me that would benefit immensely by finding a good catcher defensively. Again, potentially move Andre Esperanza and you bring in that. I think you could, and then you split time between a defensive catcher, maybe to start for Giolito and Bueller. You let Edwards start for three, four, and five. And I think you all of a sudden uh, made your team much better. Looking around the league, um, I was curious to see what other insiders felt on this trade. Uh, I had a chance to speak to a couple, and, and this was the general consensus, I think, uh, from those that I, sp- I spoke to. The first was maybe it was a panic move by Oakland, a, a team that, that hadn't been where they expected to be. We've seen this both in Oakland and Chicago. Um, and, and we've seen names pop up on the trade block it, the, tr- the trade block, the trade market. Did Oakland, was there that first move, first mover advantage that some had spoken of? I think everyone agrees that moving Josh Johnson makes sense. Acquiring Joe Maurer, there's nothing wrong with that. Love the acquisition of Jonathan Drew. But did it, 
there's going to be question of did they give up on Keon Barnum too soon. It'll be fascinating to see. The second one, while maybe there is question about moving Keon Barnum, did the, did the A's not just make a really smart move and, and help their future? Again, there's no more worries of Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, both financially in the future and productive produ as far as production goes on the field, he was a mess. So moving him, brilliant. Again, can't speak highly enough of Drew. Can't speak highly enough of, of Edwards. Fran Mill Reyes was a disaster. And not only was Fran Mill Reyes a disaster, but again, you have Lucas Edgar, you have Byron Buxton, you have Greg Fossini, you have Dylan Carlson, and heck, you have Henry Powell. You have enough outfielders. Fran Mill Reyes did not need to stay in Oakland whatsoever. Um, love that move. And then as far as New York goes, again, I, I, I love the willingness of Rhett to, to go all in. But was there enough focus on the Yankees' behalf to figure out how these pieces are going to fit in? Uh, again, Josh Johnson has no value because even if Josh Johnson is good, what do you do with him? You don't, you don't want to you don't want to pay him. Again, I mean five million dollars next year, but he's what thirty nine years old next year. We we know he's already declining. There, there's no re you, you don't you don't you don't want him to be good because you don't want to pay him next year. So Josh Johnson's a waste of five million dollars. He got rid of Joe Maurer, but so what? He he was going to expire at the end of the year. He had potential to be have some value, uh, and then to trade three young pieces again. Anthony Kay's not a rookie. I mean, he's not, he is a rookie, but he's not 22, 23, 24. He's now, I believe, 26, but a productive 26, again, making the league minimum. That, that's valuable value for the Yankees. Richard Edwards, a young catcher, splitting time with Gary Sanchez, but isn't that the perfect time to let the young catcher develop along the way? Continue that power? Maybe Gary, Gary Sanchez plays some designated hitter to give uh, Araya a break here and there. Maybe you you give Araya some some hope down the line that he plays first base, and then you didn't need Keon Barnum. And again, Keon Barnum comes over, but you already have Roderick Shoulders and Lance Ray there. Um, will there be trade value in, in moving those players? It's hard to tell, but it, it's one of those... I like the pieces the Yankees got. I'm just not sure any of these pieces rather fit in with what the Yankees have and what the Yankees want to do. So in the end, I think this was a trade of nine pieces, ten pieces, however many pieces it was, uh, some, some big contracts, some big names, a, a trade a year from now that maybe won't hamper either team. I don't think either team is going to be regretting this trade a year from now. But I think it, but it, I do question the move at, and the timing, and it'll be interesting to see how this how this trade unfolds. But again, it's May 6th. There is a lot of season left. There are going to be a lot of trades to unravel between now and then. Uh, and you know for a fact that these two teams will pop up plenty again on the agreed trades part of the form. And I look forward to discussing those trades in the future. I appreciate Brenton for letting me hop in and taking this as he was having a busy afternoon. So I am uh, glad to fill in whenever I can. And I look forward to discussing more trades with you guys uh, in the future. So this was your mid-Thursday early evening look at the trade between the Yankees and the A's here on May 6th. Enjoy the rest of your day. A couple hours until Sim. Thank you. <laughs>